Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Whether you're having a not moving off the couch while you watch the game kind of day, or a no time between conference calls kind of day, it can still be a delicious Dunkin' kind of day. And with Dunkin' now available on DoorDash, it's easier than ever to get your faves brought right to your door. So if you're looking for coffees, donuts, and breakfast sandwiches in the morning, craving some afternoon snack and bacon, or in need of Dunkin' refreshers for a PM pick-me-up, we've got you covered. Order now and get your faves brought to your door through Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Price and participation may vary. Exclusions apply. America runs on Dunkin'. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by Three Lions Pub, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer, from the NWSL, MLS, U.S. national teams, and all the way to the youth levels. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub here at the Attention Era Media Studios. I am Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Hey, Simon Provan. Good to see you, sir. How's the week going for you so far? It's going well, Baxter. I feel like, though, we should really have Chris Blakely on today because of the <laughs> amount of rain we've it's been getting so here. It cold. feels like Seattle. I'm not a fan, <laughs> honestly, of how cold it has been here in Wisconsin. I, I had a, a scarf and a hat on for the morning show because I was that cold. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, though. Obviously, I, I know we got to do all of our big stuff. But as much as we want to complain about the weather, you know, pairs in comparison, of course, with what happened in Manchester. That is very true. Just want to throw out there real quick. Hearts go out to uh, all the victims out in Manchester. Uh, And I'm going to not to get political here, Baxter, but it is disgusting that ISIS is now going after kids. Yes. Kids at a concert. I completely agree with you on that one, too. This is not exactly uh, how you would like to see our, our world move towards, unfortunately. But unfortunately, right. that's kind of become the norm as well, too, right. which so, is just a sad state of things. But. Yeah, so hearts and prayers, again, to uh, to the families, to the victims out in Manchester. Where, yes, absolutely. Uh, just uh, horrible. Yes, I completely agree. Well, we do have a good show in store for you folks today, though, just uh, to kind of lighten it up. Uh, Manchester United is certainly looking to give Manchester something to, uh, to be excited about. Absolutely. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, we do remind you, of course, we are broadcasting live here on Bruce Sports on their Facebook page, also uh, on their YouTube channel as well, and on Spreaker.com. You can find our show on demand anytime you want to on our website, the number two, twoupfrontsoccer.com, also on BrewSportsNet.com, and on iTunes and iHeartRadio as well. And of course, social media-wise, you can find us on Facebook. Type in Two Upfront in that search bar, you'll find us. Give us a like, give us a share, please. You can also find us on Twitter at 2UpFrontSoccer. He is at Baxter Colburn, and I am at Simon Provan. Absolutely. Two great guests joining us today. Uh, Nico Hansen, rookie for the Columbus Crew SC, will be swinging by the program in a little bit. We got a chance to speak with him yesterday, uh, so we've got that interview for you that you can take a look at in its entirety today. Uh, and Matt Doyle of MLSsoccer.com, as long as everything works technically, should be <laughs> here as well, too. So uh, Matt's on the West Coast, so we know how those West Coasters roll. He's probably still in bed reminiscing 
reminiscing of uh, of everything else that goes along with Major League Soccer, dreaming of Giovinco goals or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, it is the kick around. We jump into it right away. As we mentioned, the Europa League final is today. Ajax taking on Manchester United at 145, I believe, if I've seen my times correctly. Could be totally wrong on that. Looks like that's what it is, 145. Uh, I believe that's Central Time. I haven't. I don't know if that's Central Eastern Time, but time is not important. What matters is the game, of course. Uh, Man United is only missing one player due to the suspension, Eric Bailey. Uh, aside from that, it looks like it's going to be a full United squad. Uh, and it's funny too because Ajax traditionally kind of that powerhouse in outside. You know, it's kind of been that that traditional you know powerhouse for a long time. But you don't really know any of the players on this team well, anymore. Well, that's that's part of it, Baxter. Is that these players are so young for uh, for Ajax, and it's interesting just looking at the Dutch league how it really has become a developmental league. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the seventies, eighties, it was it was one of the powerhouse leagues, and, and Ajax, of course, led the way with that. So Ajax itself, as a club, still has a lot of ambition. Obviously, they're in the Europa League final, but but they're kind of stuck in this league that that is fine with being a developmental league. Interestingly enough, about uh, uh, three or four of the clubs play on artificial surfaces, Baxter. So, really? Yeah, just wanted to give you a hmm. little interesting factoid there. You're good uh, for that. The stats, <laughs> the random facts, that's all right, that that's stuff. Right. That's why uh, we love an- you. Another one for you, Baxter. If you look stats, at their really. payrolls, if you look at their payrolls, <laughs> putting this I in love, U.S. dollars. I love these comparisons, yes. <laughs> putting it in U.S. dollars. It's $850 million, basically, for Manchester United versus $50 million for a young Ajax team. Jeez. How about so that's, that's like, like there's, there's no way to even compare that to American sports. No. The best I could come up with, it's, it's like taking four New York Yankees okay. teams and having them play against like a double A team or something. That's, that's the best <laughs> Be like, I could come up with. Get out there, guys. Right. You got this. That's just ridiculous, too. And it's so funny to see like how the payrolls for these teams different. But at the end of the day, soccer is, I feel like, one of those few sports, though, that like, the payrolls doesn't always matter. No, absolutely. Well, Which is and, the crazy part. Yeah, you look at Manchester United. They've got a lot of players that are, that are aging. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I think we're going to see in this game, Baxter, is the veracity of this young Ajax team. They like to play a 4-3-3. They're going to try to take advantage of this older Manchester United team. So it's, it's, I will not be surprised if we see Ajax come out fast, strong, try to move this ball around. I don't think they're going to be too concerned about possession. What they're going to be concerned about is getting shots on goal. Well, and that's the thing, though, too. Manchester United had a fairly good season across the board in the Premier League. I mean, of course, they didn't win the title, but at the same time, they still had a pretty good season through and through. So even though Ajax is going to try to barrage this back, this back four, basically, or you know, this back line of Manchester United, You'd like to still think the game is going to be won and lost in the midfield based off of the firepower that United has. And, of course, with Ajax trying to be cheeky and try to work that, that counterattack if they can because ultimately they may have to sit back a little bit and try to see what United throws at them. Well, that, that'll be the thing is, is if United can play their game, Baxter, Ajax is going to have to rely on or, or not rely, but they're going to have to adjust their tactics. They're going to have to sit back and try to absorb some of what Manchester United is throwing at them and then rely on that counterattack. Right. And when you have a younger team, the possibility of doing that is great. Uh, but Manchester United, of course, we mentioned at the top of the show with the tragedy that happened in Manchester. You know, how many times have we seen teams have tragedy happen in their city and then go and use this as a way to propel them to a championship, to give something back to that city, to uh, have a positive thing to focus on. Right, exactly. So this is the uh, fifth time overall that these two teams have played each other. They're actually completely split 
both teams have won two games uh, from the four times. There's been a total of five goals scored for Manchester United, three goals scored for Ajax in the history of this. Uh, United has only won one of their last five games, though, in all play coming into this game. Ajax has won three of their last five. So they have the, the advantage coming in, but again... United was playing, you know, hardcore Premier League teams while Ajax was playing. You know, they had to play the Leon, but I really don't think the, the go-ahead Eagles gave Ajax too much trouble or no, it, preparation for Paul Pogba. Right, absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the things, too, that you're going to look at with this Manchester United team is their ability on restart goals. Yes. You know, Ajax has to be careful that they don't give away sloppy fouls near that goal, near the 18, mm-hmm. uh, because that's where Manchester United, especially when you have a tall player in there like Fellaini who can get up and, right. and uh, you know, he's not a stranger to heading that ball into the back of the net. That's true. Uh, Luis makes a great point on Facebook. He says he thinks that this Ajax team could be the base for the Netherlands for the 2022 qualifiers. As you mentioned, a lot of young players. We've got a Netherlands jersey on the set here as well, too. Uh, that would make a lot of sense to me. I mean, that's what you see certain teams do. I mean, that's why the German national team was so good for so long is because Bayern Munich was the core of the German national team. That's they right. were playing together. Right. They were getting that chemistry, and then they went to the national level, and they continued to dominate. So if the Netherlands wants to get that resurgence after they were dominant for so long and then has now dipped, of course, because their great players are getting old, which happens, of course, this might be the way to do it. Absolutely. That's a great point, Luis. Uh, another thing that I'm interested, Baxter, if – United loses this game. Ooh boy! Uh, what kind of <laughs> what kind of fit are we going to see at the press conference with Jose Mourinho? Oh, and does he stay on? Is the big That's question. A real does question. he stay on? I don't because this they need to win this obviously to get to Champions League. They finished sixth in the league. They've qualified once again for the Europa League. Uh, Nobody wants but that. But if you're a Manchester United fan, no, absolutely not. And even if you know, I'm an Everton fan. They've made it to the Europa League. Yeah. Uh, because of the way. Cups have been won and whatnot, the strange, so even Everton the finished seventh. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, the last time Everton was in Europa League, mm-hmm. they, they went, I think, to the round of 16 or quarterfinals. Like yeah, they but they terrible. did horrible in, in Premier League play because uh, that's when they were battling for relegation for a few weeks because those mid-table teams don't necessarily have the depth or the payroll to be able to handle a European season along with your domestic season. That's very true. Uh, Manchester United is one of those teams that, that obviously can, should be yes. able to do that. Uh, but I wonder if Mourinho stays on or if, or if United says, see you later, Jose. Yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. I don't, I don't know. That's the hard part. When you bring in a, a, just such a polarizing figure like Jose Mourinho and you've got Paul Pogba and you've got Zlatan on this team, there's so many egos, there's so much moving around for this United team. It's really hard to keep all the pieces together, and I, I just I feel like if anybody gets axed, it's usually the manager, regardless of how good your resume is. So I feel like, unfortunately, if they lose this game, maybe even, like you said, it might even be Jose himself saying, never mind. Whatever, whatever I thought was going to be good here, never mind. I'm L- out. Listen, my, my main hope for this is that, is that uh, Ajax does come out and play exciting soccer. It's Manchester true. United then has to counter with that as well because so many of these European finals, World Cup finals, end up being bore fest. Let's be honest. 0-0, zero, zero, zero. MLS Cup this past year, yeah. we, we all thought it was going to be a very exciting Seattle against Toronto. Snooze Should fest. be fun. Yeah. Right. Uh, that, yeah. At least the NWSL final was fun. So, so I do wonder, is this, is this a one-goal final? Is it a, is it a two-goal final? Do we go into extra time? <laughs> do you want to give predictions on this? Uh, I'll take Manchester United 2-1. 2-1 for Manchester game. United. I, I think I'm taking United as well. 2-1 sounds about right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a copycat today, That's Baxter. That's fine. 
That's the completely one match fine United. So, Ajax, congratulations. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Your first Europa League title in, this, in so many years. Congratulations. You worked hard for it. Uh, all right, one other thing that's going on right now on an international level, but still of close, close to home for us, at least here in the United States, uh, the U-20 World Cup is taking place. The United States has already played one game. Uh, they received some sad news this morning that uh, promising Arsenal midfielder Gideon Zelalem uh, has torn his ACL. Yeah. He's done, which is a huge blow to that midfield, unfortunately. Uh, but the United States have only played one game. They, they drew in their they first game. They drew with Ecuador 3-3. Josh Sargent, who was called up from the U-17 team, yeah. and he still is uh, to depend on able us, U-17 to play in the U-17 World Cup. He is he has been the superstar back for two goals in that game. U.S. was down uh, 3-2, to two, and Sargent – actually, it wasn't Sargent, I think, that scored the, the draw – I don't have that up here. But anyways, the U.S. comes back and draws late in the game, Baxter. But the main reason they go down is because of the poor play of Jonathan Klinsman in goal. Hmm. Uh, Ecuador able to go up 3-2 to two because back pass to Klinsman. Klinsman couldn't get rid of the ball. It's like he was, it was glued to his foot. He didn't know what to do. He, he, he panicked, lost the ball to the Ecuador players, and boom. Did that make you slightly happy as a Klinsman <laughs> hater to be like, ha, even his son I, is a terrible I, person. I, I don't like to use the word hater. Um, <laughs> But no, I never like to see the well, U.S. team like fail. Chuckle just a okay, I chuckled a little bit. Like, yes, all right. I'm gonna be honest here. Because if there been any other goal, you've been like, come on. Well, you know, it all comes down to uh, the immaturity. And uh, granted, he's he's matured since then, so we shouldn't hold sure. this against him. But we're human; it's hard not to. But <laughs> when he found out Donovan was was cut from the uh, World Cup team, right. he had tweeted out about ha ha ha. Didn't even realize this until I woke up this morning, or something <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah. So so yeah, a little little bit of egg on Jonathan Klinsman's face, but th- yeah. this is a good U20 team that's missing some key players because they weren't released from Schalke. Mm-hmm. Um, so so for the US U20 players, absolutely. Here, I mean, I'm reading through the roster here right now. A lot of it, of course, pulled from MLS, which is great. But then you have some of the internationals that are exceeding Cameron Carter Vickers, uh, among others as well too. That's played really well. Luca De La Torre as well has been a, from Fulham. Uh, but a lot of a lot of MLS guys, though, which has, yeah. I think, been great to see. Brooks Lennon, of course, has been a hot topic name. As we mentioned, of course, getting Zellalem from Arsenal. Well, Zellalem, by the way, he, he went out early in that game he did. Um, against uh, Ecuador, and the U.S. still did okay. So I, th- so I actually think as is, is great of a player as he is, Baxter, that the U.S. will still do okay against Senegal in their next game here. I think so. What's a, do you have a, a general concept of a realistic finish for the United States in this tournament? Or at least do they have what it takes to get out of the group, you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they've got Senegal next, who's a good team. They beat Saudi Arabia 2-0. They did. Uh, I, I still see that the U.S. could either draw with Senegal. They could maybe beat them. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, these African teams in these younger age groups yep. tend to be pretty powerful. So I wouldn't be surprised if Senegal does win the group. But I can, I can see the U.S. taking at least second place in this group. Uh, how far can they go? This is where I have to be completely honest. I don't know how well all these other teams are. It's been already a funky tournament, Baxter. If you just look at some of these scores, uh, Mexico doing pretty good. They've got a win and a draw. Their win, though, yeah. over Vanuta, who's ah, out of Oceania. Yes, Vanuta. <laughs> the 3-2 win for them, uh, but then they do draw with Germany, 0-0. But then listen to some of these other scores. England ties with Guinea, 1-1. That's a surprise. Uh, Venezuela beat Vanuatu, who Mexico, again, just beat 3-2. Mm-hmm. Venezuela beats them 7-0. Uh, South Korea beats Argentina 2-1. Zambia wins over Iran 4-2. Iran does tend to be a, a decent team. Usually pretty team. good at the younger levels, yeah. Uh, let's see what some other ones. Uh, Italy beats South Africa 2-0. That's expected. 
Uh, Portugal ties with Costa Rica 1-1. Hmm. So in order for me to sit here and say how far can the U.S. go, I don't know because this, is, <laughs> this has been a crazy tournament so far. You're right. No, you're absolutely right about that. Luis in the comments section as well, too, gives us a thought. He says, guys, look at how well Uruguay have been playing so far. Yeah, They're absolutely. a freaking machine. They said also that Venezuela beat the hell out of Germany. Yeah, I know. That's you know, something you normally wouldn't say on, on any level of soccer is that Germany lost to Venezuela. I mean... Good for them. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll do the rundown of groups here real quick, Bax, just the number yeah, one, please. the number two. In Group A, you have Korea with six points, uh, England with four. Argentina in last place, not a single win so far in this tournament. Venezuela, as Luis mentioned, six points out of two games. Mexico, four points out of two games. Germany in third place. Uh, we're looking at Group C. Or Group C, sorry, it's a Z because Zambia is in first place <laughs> okay. with six points. Iran, three points. Portugal and Costa Rica both sitting there with one draw and one loss each. Uh, Group D, Uruguay, as Luis had mentioned as well. Undefeated, six points, three goals, four, none against. So they're, they're sitting on two shutouts. Italy in second with three points. Japan in, uh, tied there with Italy, also with three points. Group E, Baxter, France, three points as expected. New Zealand and Vietnam both with one point. Ah, yes. Honduras. Uh, again, this group has only played one game each. Honduras hasn't won yet, so they're on zero points. Hmm. But then Group F, which includes the USA, three points for Senegal, Ecuador and USA tied on one point each, and Saudi Arabia sitting there with zero points uh, on the day. Hmm. So uh, the next match for the U.S., by the way, as I mentioned, they are taking on Senegal. That game is uh, going to be live uh, all over the place. FS1, Fox Sports Go, Telemundo, and Vivo. That's at 6 a.m., Looks like tomorrow, Baxter. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know, maybe I'll get up a little early for this one. Very to watch at times, but yeah, I mean, if you're able to, if you're willing to get up that early, I totally support it. I mean, go out and support your your respective national teams. So more power to you if absolutely. you want to go you USA, of course, of course, absolutely. All right. Well, we had the opportunity yesterday to speak with Columbus Crew SC midfielder uh, Nico Hansen. Uh, and he had the opportunity to stop by the program, so we wanted to uh, bring you that full interview now for those of you that are big fans of the Columbus crew and, of course, also wondering what the future of U.S. soccer or Denmark soccer, he'll hopefully answer that question for you, uh, are definitely starting to look like. So without further ado, uh, further um, it's great. Adieu? It's great because in this interview, I don't know. <laughs> Baxter and I were not able to English very well, so no. so it was great that you set up the interview yes, just like that. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> Hanson's Miko Reg Columbus Crew. Yes, there you go. Nico Hanson Columbus Crew. Here he is on to up front with us yesterday. Three Lions Pub in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, is just the place for me. They've got everything. Great pub food, a wonderful selection of draft beers, and a brilliant atmosphere, especially during Premier League matches. Check out the Three Lions Pub menu at threelionspub.com, where you can also find all their specials and the great events that take place throughout the year. Three Lions Pub, where across the pond is now across the street. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special interview here for Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub. I am Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. We've got a good interview for our fans today. Uh, we haven't had an MLS guest on in a couple of weeks, but it's glad that we finally get to venture back into the MLS. And if there's been one team that some people may have been a little surprised by this season, especially after their downfall last season, it's been Columbus Crew SC. 
Wouldn't you agree with me on that one? Yeah, absolutely, Baxter. It's been uh, it's been a good season for them so far. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people were surprised actually last season how how well things didn't go. True. Uh, but definitely contending in the Eastern Conference as we speak. Absolutely. Well, we've got an opportunity to speak with a fine gentleman, uh, hails from Denmark actually, uh, Nico Hansen. He's a midfielder for Columbus Crew FC. Where's the jersey number twenty eight? And he joins us on the shopfootsell.com call in line uh, now. Nico, a very good afternoon to you, sir. Welcome to Two Up Front. I appreciate it. How are you doing? We're doing well. It's great to have you on the program. Uh, first and foremost, Nico, uh, some, some, some action for you already to start the season. Two uh, official starts for Columbus Crew SC. You've got a goal to your name as well, too. Uh, how is your rookie season going so far, in your opinion? Um, it's going amazing. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a process that's been, uh, it's been a process, you know, it's, not going to go in and make a difference right away, but it's going to be a little bit at a time, and I think that's an important for me and and the, the keeping with the process. Yeah, Nico, it's been uh, as Baxter was saying a good season for you so far, along with that goal. You've, you're credited with two assists on the season already. You played your college ball at New Mexico, very successful there as well. I always like to m- ask our guest about your transition, transition, especially mm-hmm. being a rookie. What your transition has been like from playing New Mexico now up in MLS with the Columbus Crew? Oh, it's been a transition, of course. Um, it's it's. Uh... Up the level, um, definitely, and I think it's been it's been part of that process as I was speaking of before. Um, you know, the, the level goes up, and so you have to start thinking smarter and, and maybe uh, being a little bit ahead of your game a little bit. So you know, the the learning curve is there, but I think I'm up for it. Well, obviously, that one goal that you scored a couple of weeks ago certainly helps relieve any uh, any possible nerves that might be running around. If you hear any disdain yeah. in Simon's voice during the interview, Nico, don't worry. He's a Portland Timbers fan, so you try. Uh, we, it, we had to take a while to kind of prep him for the interview. Not hey, but to come get too on, they're, they're Western Conference, so it's, it's, it's true. All good totally here. different. Totally different. Yeah. But uh, can, can only you hurt, wa- only hurt a little bit? Right, exactly. Can you can you walk us through that goal a little bit? Obviously, it had a lot more than just. It wasn't just a goal, of course. Of course, it was a milestone for your career, but it also helped capture three vital points for your club as well. Well, and, and let me add to that for our viewers too, Baxter, that that was your debut game, and to score yes. in your debut yeah. game is, uh, is is pretty yeah. huge for any player, no matter the sport. Right. And I think that was, that was a big thing for me was going in. It was my first game. So, um, no, I think it was, it was good for me, and it was kind of I wanted to make a difference, you know, and, and it was my first opportunity to show that I can make a difference. And um, just getting up, you know, it was a tight game and we had battled that whole game. And I think it was just a great ball by Harry and, and even better uh, touch into Ola to get it on frame. And I think it's just the bounce was perfect for me. And, you know, just seeing stars at that point, just trying to put it away. And, uh, and uh, it was an amazing experience. Well, staying along with this line of, of games, Nico, I do want to ask about the New England Revolution game. You guys had beaten them earlier in the season 2 nothing, and then, of course, you had a, a loss in New England, which that in of itself is not surprising. New England's been very strong at home. This is where I jump in, Nico, and tell you that I'm a Revolution <laughs> fan. But anyway, as you were. Uh, uh, <laughs> you, you did see time in that game, came in the 62nd minute. Uh, you guys were up 1-0, ended up losing the game 2-1 to to an unfortunate play, uh, which Will Trapp was involved involved in but I actually wondering if you wouldn't mind talking about the play of Diego Fagundes in that game obviously two goals he was all over the place uh, he had a lot to do with New England in that win uh, I mean Fagundes is an exceptional player and I think it's someone we have to make sure that we, we keep locked down a little bit better but 
um, you know, it's 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 an unfortunate it's an unfortunate loss for us. I think you know we we really dominated we were dominating and um, you know in the first half they couldn't really answer for anything and you know they they put away two goals though at the same time. So I think it's important for us to to realize that that you know we're we're playing really well but we can't we can't switch off at any point. So um, it, I think it's it's a game we we put behind us a little bit, learn from it, and I think we'll, we'll move forward from there. Well, and then that is the follow-up. You guys have a tough game now. You're traveling to Toronto, arguably. I don't even if you can argue anymore. Hottest really. team <laughs> in the league right now. Absolutely. Obviously, plenty of talent right. on that team. So what do you take from that New England game that you then try to put towards this Toronto team? Oh, I think it's important for us to just to stay consistent with, with how we're playing. You know, we're, we're doing really well. We're making teams uncomfortable in our play, and we just have to keep uh, being persistent with that and, and really, you know, kind of just keep taking the will away from them to, to press or to to even get forward. And I think that's important for us to stay consistent with, you know, kind of that dominating play that we have um, and being on the ball. And I think, you know, we, we, we have our, the one loss to, to them for them right now is us. And I think we can go in and show that we'll, we'll give them another loss. Uh, looking at just the the Columbus crew as a whole, as we mentioned before we brought you on, Nico, last season very disappointing. Uh, you obviously didn't get to experience any of that, especially since the club did so well going to MLS Cup just uh, two years ago. What was the, the message from Coach Burhalter coming into this season, especially for you rookies that didn't experience the high and then the low that was the last two years? Um, I think you learn a little bit more from the players than that. So, you know, I think – coaching and, and even the players kind of put them behind um last season you know it's a different team this year new players um and uh you know there's a lot there's a lot happened since last year as far as just the player pool um so i think you learn a little bit about from that season as well you know you have these good great games and dominated games but you still give up those one or two goals that that get you the loss and i think you know we we, we learn from these ones as well and and uh you know learn from the last season and I think, you know, the Montreal game is a good game to display kind of like our, our fight and our will to to not give up another goal and come back from our win. But um, even to allow them to come back is, is part of a little bit of our learning curve, I think, as well as, as being dominant of, um, throughout, throughout the game, all 90 minutes. Well, switching things up, Nico, I do have to ask you, you are a duo international, or not international, duo national, uh, both uh, Denmark and the U.S. I don't know if you've right. had any conversations with either, either federation, but, but I do want to put you on the spot <laughs> here and, and ask you, if, uh, if you had your choice, which country would you represent? <laughs> um, that's something that I've, you know, kind of sat and thought about, you know, if, if the opportunity presented itself, what would I choose? And that, uh, I honestly can't answer that right now. You know, I, I stay a little bit uh, out of the, the loop here um, ahead of the game, I guess, a little bit before I decide. But um, I don't know. I I, uh, I haven't thought um, as a final decision yet what I what I want to do. But um, it's it's an option for me. I know for sure, and I think it's it's going to be a tough decision uh, when if if I get the opportunity for it. Well, can I at least follow up with that? Have you had any conversations with either either federation on that? Uh, I have not. Okay. Fair enough. The the more you know, I guess. (laughs) I I do have to ask you a very hard-hitting question, Nico, to to step away from the international game. Uh, Why is The Road to El Dorado your favorite movie? (laughs) Because it's a phenomenal movie. The Road to El Dorado. Yes, it's a great movie. Uh, I don't know. That's a movie that I saw when I was a kid, and uh, just, just... 
I don't know. It's a movie I can always go back to and watch. You know, those are the movies that you never get tired of watching. It's, it's, it's actually, the more you watch it, you catch on in little, like, nuances and little funny lines that they have throughout the movie. And I just, I love watching that movie. Uh, Always puts me in a good mood. Makes total sense to me. I just was curious. It's sometimes not a favorite movie that you see certain people toss out, so I just I had to ask about it because I've always enjoyed watching it. Um, last question for me. Uh, this is always a question that you sometimes hear for younger players as they're getting into leagues. Uh, and, and maybe you don't have these aspirations. Maybe you do. But is playing in Europe at some point a career goal of yours, or are you in the mindset that you already like what MLS is doing and you would stay confident uh, in staying here for a vast majority of your career? You know, I've looked. I've looked at. You know, I grew up in Denmark, and and it's a place that I would love to eventually maybe go home and and have some influence in, um, whether that's playing or if that's you know coaching or whatever I want to do. But um, MLS right now is 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 you know, an awesome place to play and I, and I love being here and I, and I love being a part of it. And, you know, if the opportunity presents itself for me to, to go to Europe and if that's the right fit and everything, then, you know, I'll, I'll make my way over there. But right now I'm loving being here and, and learning as much as I can here. Well, we certainly have been loving having you on too up front today, Nico. Uh, we got to let you run, unfortunately, but we are very grateful for you taking the time to join us on two up front today. Uh, of course, you've got some big games coming up, as we previously mentioned. So we wish you the best of luck and uh, look forward to having you back on two up front here yeah. in the upcoming months if it works out. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Nico. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. There goes Nico Hansen here on two up front. Great to hear from him. Good insight as well, too. Uh, any final takeaways from that, Simon, before we run? No, you, just, you, you can tell that part of his success on the field is the level-headedness that he approaches right. life with as well. Uh, you know, asking him about that Denmark versus U.S. That's hard. Equation. That, that's a, that's I mean, what a great a answer, question. though, of, you know what, I, I'm – I, I'm not going to answer it right yeah, now because gotta figure it out. He, he, has, he doesn't have to make that choice yet. And, and why worry about something that is still in the future? Right, exactly. Well, I know we're going to be very excited to see, especially when it comes to the U.S. side of things, of course, because we always like to see the new players coming through the system. And, uh, you know, he might be able to provide a, a possible spark for the men's national Absolutely. team from time to time. Yeah. So looking forward to that. But uh, we have to run. Thanks for staying here for this special interview on to up front. The rest of the show. Uh, we'll be, of course, coming up at tomorrow on uh, 10 a.m. Uh, Central Time on Brew Sports. So make sure to go over to the Brew Sports Facebook page and give it a like if you want to give us a view there. Uh, if not, you can, of course, listen to our show here on Spreaker.com, on iTunes, and on iHeartRadio as well. And make sure to check us out on social media as well. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook. Just type in 2UpFront in that search bar. You can also find us on Twitter at 2UpFront uh, Soccer. At 2UpFront Soccer, that's yes. what it is. You are at Baxter Colburn. I am at Simon Proven. Almost made it through. Ah, Almost. One of these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is Simon Proven. I'm Baxter Colburn. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time on 2 Up Front. And welcome back inside the studio here. It is 2 Up Front. I am Baxter Colburn. That's Simon Provan. Great interview, though, with Nico. I was, it was a pleasure to get to speak with him. As we mentioned, uh, kind of wrapping up that interview, very level-headed, just a, a really nice guy, you feel like. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm very interested in Columbus Traveling to Toronto, Toronto on that seven-game unbeaten streak. It's going to be a fun uh, one. It, 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 it's, yeah, it has the makings to be a great game. I agree. All right, let's jump into the world of NWSL for a little bit. Uh, we're going to be joined, as we mentioned earlier in the show, by MLSsoccer.com's uh, Matt Doyle in just a little bit. Uh, but before we get to him, we need to, of course, look at the NWSL. There's a lot to talk about yeah, right absolutely. now. Yes. I didn't think I would ever live in a world, Simon, where Sky Blue FC was in second place. 
Well, you know, Baxter, we talked about this last week. They're they're a good team right now. Sarah Killian, especially five goals on the season, her fourth goal in three games just mm-hmm. this past weekend. Uh, I don't care that four of them are PKs. That means she's getting in the box. She's giving herself the opportunity to right. put that ball in the back of the net or get the call, and she's doing both. So uh, Sky Blue FC playing really well. Six games played, ten points on the season. Uh, Chicago also six points or uh, six games played, ten points on the season. New Jersey Baxter, Sky Blue FC, exciting, exciting play right it now. It really is. I mean, if you want to, if you want to flip it over on the other side, you can say how disappointing seasons have been so far for Orlando, for Houston, for Washington as well too. So, kind of how you look at it across the NWSL, it's been some surprises. I think we're finally starting to see the true Boston Breakers kind of come out a little bit. The Matt Beard experiment is not fully doomed, but you're still trying to get a lot of new players into the system, and right now they're they're two, two, and two. That's not a horrible. No, not at all. But at the not same at time, you'd like to maybe think that they would be playing a little bit better right now. Yeah, but at the same time, Baxter, you consider where they were last year with the load right. of new players that they do have. It takes time for a team to gel. And what we are starting to see in Boston, though, is a team that is confident in themselves. I mean, yes, they were up two zero against Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Portland's a pretty injured team right now. Of course, Ellie Long's been out. Tobin Heath's been out. Yep. Uh, Reynolds has been out as well uh, but you know you do see Portland come back and draw 2-2 in that game but Boston is starting to make uh, their 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 home a place that they feel comfortable and their back line is getting uh, stronger and stronger as well. They've only lost once at home this season, so Boston certainly seems to be on the right track. Uh, we'll come back to NWSL in just a minute. We finally have Matt Doyle on the line from MLSSoccer.com. Just when we're getting so going Just here. when we, Matt had to ruin the party. <laughs> no, it's fine. Of course not. Of course not. But yes, joining us now on the shopfutsal.com call in line is Matt Doyle. You can find him over at MLSSoccer.com as the armchair analyst. Matt, welcome back to Two Up Front, sir. How are you today? Good, man. Good to be back on. Hey, it's a pleasure, of course, as always, sir, to have you back on. Uh, let's talk about some of the big news coming out of Atlanta, first and foremost. Brad Guzan finally sounding like he's headed over to Atlanta to kind of help right the ship for Atlanta United. Um, what was, I'm assuming, your, your thoughts about where Guzan was in his career before the season started? We saw the hot start for Atlanta and almost was like, well, they don't need Brad Guzan. And now they've kind of come back down to earth a little bit. But what do you view with this Guzan move now coming in? Is, how important is it going to be now for Atlanta moving forward? Uh, it, it's, it's not going to happen until the, the window opens in July because uh, there's just how th- these things sort of work. So it's of not course. like he's going to be able to walk into the lineup uh, this week. Uh, honestly, I don't think it moves the needle that much. Alec Khan has been better than expected. He, he had a rough game against the Red Bulls to open the season. But other than that, he's been, he's been very solid, and he's on a, a pretty affordable contract. Um, Guzan will be, I, I think, a slight upgrade, but it, it's not going to be a night and day thing. It, it, if you look at Atlanta's uh, tough times, I guess, after those first three games, to me it comes down to two things. They played six out of seven on the road, which is just it's brutal, and you don't see a schedule like that often in MLS, and they suffered for it. Uh, and the other thing is they lost Joseph Martinez, their, their forward who had five goals in three games, and was kind of their, tri- their their tempo setter in in a way that we don't see often in MLS. They, he makes those Chicharito sti- uh, style runs, trying to split the central defense every single time, and he just always kept back lines on edge, always kept pushing them deeper. Uh, and, and without that, with a more stationary guy like Kenwin Jones up there, 
Atlanta didn't have that sort of nice edge in attack. So I think that's what it came down to. Design will help, but Hayden Cumming is not, I think, going to be like a season-changing story for Atlanta. Well, and of course, the big question is, is, is he going to have more goals go right between his legs? <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring it up. I had to bring it up. <laughs> it's time. Uh, it was not sure. a, that was not a great performance. No, that wasn't. Sure. That wasn't. <laughs> uh, Matt, shifting over to the Western Conference, talking about the Portland Timbers, I have a very important question for you, especially for Timbers fans such as myself. Uh, in this game, this this last game, of course, they get demolished by Montreal 4-1. to It starts with the controversial PK call, which Piatti finishes. Uh, but, the, but the big thing that comes out of this game is Diego Chara, who we know is very passionate and sometimes overly passionate, takes his frustrations out on Piatti, gets a red card in the 18th minute. Of course, Portland is facing Seattle in their next game. Has Char become more of a liability than an asset for the Portland Timbers? No. He, I mean, he's still the good Diego Chara more often than not. But I think, I think maybe refs have gotten a little bit um, hip to the fact that he, he's kind of a – he's been a, a black belt at avoiding um, cards in, in his career. And now – they're started, they started to uh, to realize that just because he smiles afterwards, that doesn't mean that he didn't commit a serious foul. <laughs> um, and he's going to have to he's going to have to adjust a little bit. Uh, but I would, I mean, if I was starting a team, I would take Diego Chara in an instant. And I don't think there's any uh, I don't think there's any story here other than Caleb Porter needing to sit down with him and, and say, look, you you cannot do stuff like this you're too important a player to the team you have to be a leader and given uh, chara's track record i i assume he'll he'll respond uh as a complete pro which is what he is absolutely i mean for the most part as you mentioned matt and even simon as well too through and through he's pretty he's been a pretty reliable player you know for the most part of his career i mean sometimes you see this for certain players kind of taper off there towards the end uh depending on you know what different things are going on so and sometimes players just have bad days it just happens sure you never know sure, absolutely uh staying in the western conference matt um the last couple of games have been a little bit more uh positive aside from of course the last two uh for minnesota united they started off the season not so great they were people were saying they were on record to, to break goals against records and all kinds of craziness but christian ramirez of course and and company have decided to start to play some pretty decent soccer. They've won two out of their last five games, of course. They lost 2-1 over to LA Galaxy over the weekend. But uh, are you feeling a little bit more confident, or should United fans, I should, I should say, feel a little bit more confident about this squad now that they seem to kindly have their feet under them, or should I say their wings under them a little bit now for as the loons? This is not going to be a playoff team, but they're definitely not the disaster they were for the first four weeks of the season. Um, and, and the way they got well, the way they got right, was by relying on the domestic talent that was easy to hand. Um, or if not domestic talent, then guys they acquired from within MLS, like Kevin Molino uh, or Johan Venegas. Um, and I think that's a lesson that hopefully that front office can internalize and um, avoid future spending like what they did uh, this past offseason when they, they spent about $1.5 million on Scandinavian guys who aren't good enough to make the 18. Um, you can't do that mm-hmm. uh, in MLS, and there's just not enough room in the budget to do that and, and survive at a high level. Uh, but 
I think they deserve credit for realizing their error pretty soon, pretty quickly. I think they deserve credit for uh, playing a more simplified game. Uh, and I think what they've done is find a, a decent core of players, guys like uh, Ibarra and Ramirez and Molino. Uh, Dunlady's looked okay, but he's injured already, which was his MO at, at UCLA. But then Calvo and Kalman in the back line, Sam Cronin in central midfield. So you look at that card, you say, okay, they have some pieces going forward. And now what needs to happen, whether it's the summer or maybe even next winter, right. uh, they get smarter and more targeted about the pieces they add. Um, but this team, like I said, they're not going to be a playoff team, but they're not a laughing stock. Chivas USA style disaster either. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> well, speaking of playoff teams, Matt, uh, Chicago Fire looking really well all over the field. Of course, the additions of Dax McCarty, Janino. Yes. Uh, what's that one guy's name I from Germany? Some German guy. That's I don't right. Know. He's not <laughs> uh, a thing. Nikolic as well has been fantastic. Their defense has been playing phenomenal as well. Even in their yes. losses, they haven't given up many goals. Uh, Chicago Fire for real? I think they are. I, I had my doubts my in my running line about the fire going into the season was I, I i think they'll be better but i'm not sure if they'll be good uh and i'm pretty sure after you know two and a half almost three months that they're good uh schweinsteiger has been it, it, he's been fantastic i mean i i had my doubts because we all know he's got as many miles on those legs as any 32 year old in the history of the game but he has not missed a beat uh, since he's come into this team. Dax McCarty is playing probably the best at any defensive midfielder in the league. Uh, and Nikolic had goals and an assist in his first 12 games. It doesn't get much better than that. Those guys have added know-how and, and uh, quality that the team was missing. But also, let's give credit to, to Velko Panovic because guys Absolutely. Mm-hmm. like Brandon Vincent in particular, the left back, is so much better in year two than he was in year one. He's a, he's a legitimate, fun threat every time he overlaps. And it looks like Matt Polster, who had spent most of his first couple of years uh, in central midfield, he's looked right at home now that he's healthy again and he's playing right back. So at having those two guys out there and then a calm on one wing and you know whoever they're playing on the other, suddenly they have this really multifaceted attack mm-hmm. that, that gets penetration off of that central midfield play. Uh, and it's, it's working a charm. And, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I don't think their defense is good enough to be one of the top teams in the league. But we had them, I think, at fifth in the power rankings this week, and that feels just about right. And, and of course, remember, <laughs> Nelson Rodriguez has co- collected a, a Scrooge McDuck pile uh, <laughs> size pile of, of Gam and Tam over the last couple of years. So yep. there will be more. There will be more additions, I think, for this team in the summer window. But do they have enough to win the World Cup? That's what everybody keeps. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm beating the dead horse yeah. there, but <laughs> I don't know, man. That goalkeeper play, we'll have to see. My goodness. Uh, well, Matt, we our time with you is never long enough, but we appreciate you taking a couple of minutes out of your busy schedule to swing by the program. If people want to continue to follow your incredible work, uh, where can they find it, and where can they find you on social media as well? Yeah, I'm at. At Matt Doyle seven six on uh, on Twitter and uh, everything I do is on MLSsoccer.com. I'm the armchair analyst, so just uh, yeah, search that. 
Perfect. <laughs> Always a pleasure, Matt. Thanks so much for stopping by today, sir. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers, guys. All right, there goes Matt Doyle on theshopfootsell.com. Colin Line, great to hear from him. Some good insights, and I'm glad that, you know, hearing that the Chicago Fire are fairly for real is is kind of a a widespread thing because sometimes you you have a team that just retools and rebuilds, and everyone's like, well, yeah, of course they're supposed to be good, but then the season starts, and then it's like, okay, just kidding. They, they, They haven't figured it out, but Chicago consistently, that's the one team I check usually every week after the revolution. I'm like, are the fire actually putting it together? And they seem to consistently do that. Well, here's an interesting thing, Baxter, is Toronto FC, we keep talking about them, how hot they are. They're averaging two points per game. Mm-hmm. Out of the entire league, Chicago Fire comes next, 1.75 wow. points per game. You look at that, 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 that stat to me is actually very important because it shows mm-hmm. how consistent they've been You're right. over the season. Yeah, that's the big thing is consistency. I mean, that's the one thing I feel like I always say on any on any show, on any topic. I'm like, show me the consistency, and I'll, you'll make me a believer. So right now, Chicago is starting to turn me into a believer Absolutely. that, hey, they seem to be putting it together. So very exciting about that. Uh, I want to go back to NWSL briefly because I know we've got to run here shortly. Uh, the big story that came out of the league this week is that Ashlyn Harris is now officially out for eight weeks. Uh, and, and lo and behold, former Sky Blue FC goalkeeper uh, Caroline Stanley, who was signed just for a one game, she was just, just in case, just, yeah, just in case. Like we never know. She ends up coming in in the 24th minute, <laughs> ends up playing the you know the, the rest of the game, only gives up one goal, was vital down the stretch as Megan Rapino and Jess Fishlock were just putting in an onslaught of shots at the end of Absolutely the game. Absolutely right. right. Uh, and she ends up getting them a point in Seattle. So it's kind of ironic because she's now going to be the starting goalkeeper because of uh, the other backup goalkeeper out still with a concussion. She played against the team that she uh, first started her career with in Seattle because she backed up uh, Hope Solo and Haley Kottmeyer last week. Now she's got to go to where? Sky Blue and take on Sky Blue this week <laughs> as a starting goalkeeper. So I can't even imagine the emotions and the craziness going around in Caroline Stanley's mind right now because this has just been – this is one of those stories you're going to look back in your career and be like, remember that one time, like – I mean, Orlando looked good with her on the field, and that's nothing against Ashlyn Harris. And, you know, Ashlyn Harris, I've got my own opinions about her as a player, but Caroline Stanley, though, was able to step up in a almost lose-lose situation, and she helped salvage that game for them. Yeah, absolutely, Baxter. So, you know, hats off to her, honestly, in that game. Uh, what other storylines did you have for us from the NWSL? Anything else you want to hit on? Uh, biggest thing, Kristen, not biggest, but Kristen Press named Player of the Week as well. She should have been great leader for the Red Stars. Yep. Backs are another great Chicago team, but Correct. especially because Chicago goes out. <laughs> Goes down to North Carolina, Baxter, and ends up winning that game mm-hmm. three to one, and that wraps in another storyline of what's going on with North Carolina. Second week in a row that they lose three to one yeah. after starting the season four and zero. Oh. It's a little surprising, honestly. I, I watched. Uh, I believe I got to see what the second half of that game. I forget exactly what it was. I saw. I think I saw almost. Yeah, I think I saw the second half of that game. My, my games are running together that I saw this weekend, <laughs> but I watched the second half of that game. Um, I, I, I established a couple of things from this game. Number one, Sam Mewis is really tall. I just I forget how oh, she tall, is. I yes, forget how yes, tall she's a, she's she is player, yes. compared to everybody else on the <laughs> field. Just seeing her run with the ball and seeing the players kind of bounce off of her at times, I was like, yeah, Sam is just. A it very also tall though person. does speak to her skill on the ball, she her does. technical ability. You wouldn't think that somebody that tall would be able to maneuver as well as she does, but she's very smart with the ball. But I just continued to sense that there was a lack of of connection between the mm. midfield and the forward player. As much as I kept seeing, no matter who it was in the midfield for North Carolina, as soon as they tried to put the ball through to Lynn Williams or Jess McDonald, it never really seemed like everything was on the page. There was a lot of overshot balls. There was a lot of mistimed runs. It just looked like the team didn't really know what to do. 
And that was a little surprising to me, considering how well they've played so far in the season. Yeah, we'll see if they get things straightened out because, uh, you know, they're, they're sitting first in the league, but now yeah. only by two points. Right, exactly. And, of course, now they've got to take on some, some interesting opponents the rest of the week as well, too. So yeah. uh, I'm curious to see what happens with them. Yeah, my final thought on NWSL, Baxter, is I'm curious to see how FC Kansas City moves forward. Uh, Sydney yes. LaRue set up Alexa Newfield, only their second goal on the year, but it was enough to beat the lowly Washington Spirit, who, of course, yeah. had their... Big debut from Mallory Pugh. Uh, but FC Kansas City has gotten things straightened out in their defense. Ranked number one in the league right mm-hmm. now, Baxter. If if their defense can hold goals back, it's going to allow that, obviously, the midfield and the forwards to, to get a little bit more forward mm-hmm. and maybe start scoring some goals. If that happens, watch out, Baxter, for FC Kansas City. Oof. Slow start to the year, yes, but yeah. they could really pick things up and, and be dangerous in this league. Yeah, David on Facebook says, Kansas City is on the rise. We will see. We will see. Yeah, don't get see. too excited, don't David. Too it was excited. a win over Washington, but right. but as I'm saying, it uh, get things squared away up front. In this and, league, and this is a dangerous like that team. Helps. So uh, well, we're already in NWSL, so let's make predictions for that first, and then we'll go to MLS. Since All right, we're here. No good. reason to, to to pull out of this store to go to another store to come back to it. <laughs> um, so all right, so NWSL predictions. North Carolina plays Sky Blue this evening. That's at 7:30 p.m. Central on the Go 90 app. Uh, this game is in North Carolina. This is a very intriguing thing because if you're in North Carolina you just played Chicago on the weekend on Sunday now you play Sky Blue Wednesday then you go play Chicago again on Saturday and we're seeing a lot of these home and a home yeah. and home matches going yep. on right a lot now of in the back league. and forth so three games in the course of seven days if you're North Carolina against very formidable opponents how do you view this game if you if how would you prefare going into this game I guess if this if you were Paul Riley do you do you put a lot into this game just try to hold on to first place or do you try to take down Chicago because you know you're going to have to travel uh, I think you're at home you've lost the last two games 3 to 1 you got to get things straightened out you can't let this losing streak continue so if you're Paul Riley this is this is the game that you you do you must focus on however Baxter I don't know if you can even call it an upset anymore. I, I'm going to go with Sky Blue on this one. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that this game is North Carolina, whatever it has been the last couple of weeks, uh, has been surprisingly bad. I think, yeah, Sky Blue is going to get my vote on this one as well. Uh, Houston's going to play host to Seattle. Uh, Seattle has only got two wins. Houston only has two wins, but in my opinion, Seattle's a much better team. I think Seattle's going to hit that copy-paste from that last time when they put five in on them and just yeah. go back at them again. Yeah, I agree. News out of Houston real quick, too. Denise O'Sullivan once yeah. again called up to the to go, Irish Denise. national team, She's so been congrats on the show to her. Before. Congrats, Denise. But I agree with you. I, I'm calling uh, a Seattle win on this one. All right. Uh, North Carolina again. They take on Chicago uh, on Saturday in Bridgeview. I wonder what I'm doing on Saturday. Hmm. Check the calendar. It'll be a fun game to go to. <laughs> I haven't gone to an NWSL game this season yet, so I might need to get down there. Uh, Chicago at home. Chicago's playing way too good right now. I think that they're going to win, honestly. Yeah, as I said, Kristen Press named NWSL Player of the Week. Wouldn't be surprised if it happens again this coming right. week. I'm going with Chicago as well. Sky Blue playing host to Orlando. It's the Stanley 2.0 Bowl, I feel like. Uh, I don't <laughs> think Orlando's got what it takes, honestly. I think that the emotions are going to be running high, but... Uh, this team still centers around what Marta can do. Yeah, and she did get her second goal in the season, but I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm going with Sky Blue on this one. FC Kansas City, Washington. I think this is going to be a draw, honestly. I think Washington's going to figure it out a little bit more. Uh, but FC Kansas City still has way too many question marks for me. I think the Washington Spirit are the Boston Breakers of last year 
this year. Mm. Uh, Jim Gabara has got a plan that he's trying to put together. We won't see it come to fruition until at least next season. I've got FC Kansas City winning this one, Baxter. All right. Portland and Boston, another rematch. Uh, Boston is visiting the Portland Thorns. Um, this is a hard game to call. Again. This is a hard game to call. It all depends on who's actually playing. Mark Parsons did say Ellie Long. He's planning on having her play this mm-hmm. Saturday. He's going to work her uh, into training in order for that to happen. But Tobin Heath will probably still be out of the lineup. Baxter. Goodness. Uh, Boston Breakers are looking fantastic. I am going to call a draw on this okay. one. Uh, I'm going to go for the underdog. I'm going to take Boston in this game, I think. I feel like with the way Rosa Bell has been playing I won't recently, be surprised. Good. Yeah. yeah, I won't be surprised. Uh, but with the Riveters behind the Thorns, I think they give them a little bit of an extra push. Of course. There. Absolutely. All right, let us know your thoughts about the NWSL predictions in the comments section below or on social media at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Proven, at the number two, two up front soccer uh, on Twitter. All right, over to MLS briefly. Uh, two games took place yesterday uh, as part of the battle for Canada, basically. The Canadian Cup, Ottawa beat TFC 2-1, and Vancouver beat Montreal 2-1 as well. Uh, there is a first MLS game uh, tomorrow evening. That's the Brimstone Chicago. Cup. Yeah, Chicago and FC Dallas. This is in years past. Probably not that interesting of a game this year, though. I find this game very intriguing. Yeah, I think this is actually going to be one of the more exciting games of the week, Baxter. I agree. I am taking the Chicago Fire. I completely agree with you on that one. Go Chicago Fire. TFC hosting Columbus. We talked to Nico earlier in the show. He said it's a big game. They're the only t- one of the two teams that can claim they beat TFC this year. I don't think it happens this I time, I don't no. think so either. I think we see Toronto extend their uh, un- unbeaten streak to number eight. I agree. Cascadia Cup, Seattle, Portland, no Diego Chara, as you mentioned earlier. Seattle is the host against Portland. i got to go with a draw in this yeah, game. Yeah, Seattle is not looking good recently, mm. but these Cascadia Cup matches, no matter what the players say, Baxter, Every single player plays a little bit harder. True. Uh, Portland won't have Diego Chara, as we mentioned. A uh, draw seems feasible, but sorry, Timbers, I am taking the Sounders on this wow. one. Wow, that one had to hurt. Okay, uh, Vancouver, yes, D.C. United. Vancouver playing host. Vancouver has been exceptional the last five games. Yes. They've got my vote. They got mine. D.C. United, as Ben Olsen called them, are phonies. Yeah, it's true. Red Bulls hosting the Revolution after a two-goal performance from Diego Fagundes on the weekend. I think the Revolution are going to march into Red Bull Arena and take it victoriously. I'm going to call a draw on this one, Baxter. Uh, Atlantic Cup, I believe, is, is this one here. So. So uh, yeah, I'm like taking that. a draw. Sounds good. Colorado, one of the worst in the <laughs> league. They've won twice this entire season, Sporting yeah. Kansas City, one of the best. Yes. I think it's going to be ugly and it's going to be bad. It's going to be all Sporting Kansas City. Dom Dwyer is hot. I'm taking Sporting Kansas City as well. Loons playing host to Orlando. This one is going to be a fun one. I think Minnesota finds a victor, especially with Orlando's recent struggles. We're agreeing way too much, Baxter. I got the Loons in this one too. Lord have mercy. RSL and Philly. Listen, Philly's been surprisingly hot recently. RSL is still not the same RSL we thought they were going to be and they're missing a key young cog in Justin Glad as well too was gone for the U20s not that one player makes a world of difference but it does it does when you've got a team that's suffering especially yeah. on the defensive side exactly of Philly wins this game I'm going to take a draw on this one. Okay. San Jose and LA Galaxy, some classic games. We yeah. all remember Alan Gordon. We remember Stephen Lenhart or whatever, whatever his last Yeah, Leonard. Leonard, yeah, something yeah. like that. Alan Gordon's last The Goonies. Goals. The yes. Goonies. Uh, listen, this is in San Jose. It's going to be a wild atmosphere. I think San Jose pulls it out, honestly. Yeah, LA Galaxy are starting to find their feet. Giovanni Dos Santos especially yep. is, uh, is starting to sniff for that goal. But San Jose has also looked good. A little bit of rocky times, but yeah. uh, I got the quakes in this one. All right. And then over to Sunday, the big games, Atlanta and NYCFC, FC Dallas and Houston. Two games with two very different storylines. Uh, FC Dallas and Houston fighting for that top spot in the West. 
Atlanta trying to continue to prove relevance, NYCFC trying to assert themselves in the Eastern Conference. I think NYCFC and Houston win. Uh, the visiting Patrick teams Vera, come in. as we know, believes that NYCFC is always the better team, of no, matter, no matter the result. Atlanta beat Houston at home 4-1. to one. I don't think it's going to be <laughs> as... Uh, bad as that, but I do think Atlanta's actually going to take this one, Baxter. Hmm. Uh, F- FC Dallas, Dynamo in the, uh, uh, what is it? They, they fight for some type of they fight for something LMO like, call battle. Call it the Texas Cup yeah. or something. Right. I don't know. It's, uh, 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 it's Hot Cup or something. I don't know. Houston away from home is not very good. That's not that FC far Dallas, away, though, from home. Ah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, it's, it's true. Tex- it's Texas. We're t- I, well, f- if I remember correctly. It's a dry heat. That's still, uh, it's still like a three-hour drive back. That's true. I forget. Uh, That's true. You, do, uh, you would know. FC Dallas is great at home. I'm gonna t- I wish the fans would show up to watch this exciting team. That would be team, nice. But uh, I got FC Dallas in this game. All right. Well, let us know your thoughts and predictions, of course. There's numerous ways to find us. Uh, a very special thanks to everybody that commented today, Luis, David, and numerous others that tuned in as well. If you're just listening to the show uh, on demand, of course, you probably found it either on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or on our website, of course, twofrontsoccer.com. You can also find us on Brew Sports' website, brewsportsnet.com, and on our Facebook page. Uh, as well, Bruce Sports as well. Yeah, check out Two Up Front's Facebook page. We'll also have the show there at some point. You can like, you can share the show and the page. We'd certainly appreciate it. Find us on Twitter at Two Up Front Soccer. Our personal handles are at Baxter Colburn and at Simon Proban. Thank you very much for watching today. Thanks to Nico Harris, or Nico Hansen, rather, of Columbus Crew FC. It's something to do with him, Simon. I don't know. I don't Columbus know. Columbus Crew. I don't know. Can never it's do the excitement game. we had, Baxter, having him on. It was. That's what it was. That's what it was. And also Matt Doyle from MLSsoccer.com for taking the time all appearing on the shopfootball.com calling line. We are presented by Three Lines Pub for Simon Proven. I'm Baxter Colburn with our manager being the one above. We are two up front. Like the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. 
keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.